Listen as Dr. Michael Macris from the Sheffield Hemophilia and Thrombosis Center in the United Kingdom discusses the safety and gene therapy for hemophilia. This podcast is part of a comprehensive educational resource designed by leading experts for the global hemophilia community to help you stay abreast of the evolving science and latest clinical advancements in gene therapy and hemophilia. Visit www.genetherapy.ist.org for more information. My name is Mike Macris. I'm professor of hemostasis and thrombosis at the University of Sheffield in the UK. I'm a clinical academic and I've been involved in hemophilia for over 30 years. Overall, what do we know about the safety of gene therapy in general and for hemophilia in particular? Your question is about the overall safety of uh, gene therapy. And in general, I think it is reasonable to say that the procedure, the process has been relatively safe. Hemophilia is one of the leading gene therapy areas because it's a monogenic disorder. So though we're talking about gene therapy in general, it must be appreciated that hemophilia is one of the leading gene therapy areas. In comparison to some of the other areas, I think gene therapy in hemophilia has been relatively safe. Recently, we've seen some issues in other gene therapy areas that have caused some concerns. There have been four deaths in children. In three of the children, the gene therapy was given for a rare neuromuscular disorder, but the dose of gene therapy that is used for that disorder is really very much higher than used in hemophilia. Also, we've recently heard about the death of a child with mucopolysaccharidosis, which is a rare metabolic disorder. But again, the gene therapy for that disorder is given directly by injection into the brain. So there are some unusual features about these disorders that have uh, been associated with problems. Overall, however, I think gene therapy so far, safety has not been a major issue. Is overexpression of factor a major concern for gene therapy? That's an interesting question. Is overexpression an issue in gene therapy? It certainly hasn't been an issue, but it may become an issue in the future, and I'll explain. So far, most of the gene therapy programs did not target normal levels. And by normal level of factor eight or factor nine, we are talking about 50 to 150%. The initial gene therapy programs, they were targeting levels of about 10% and up to probably a maximum of about 30%. So when you're targeting a level of 10%, the chances of you getting a level of over 150% is really very remote. What's happened, however, more recently is that with some of the gene therapy programs, the target is between 50 and 150%, i.e. they are targeting a normal factor 8 or factor 9 level, i.e. the median of that is 100%. So if you're targeting a level of 100%, 
the possibility of exceeding 150% then becomes very real. The issue is really whether this is you overshoot is whether this is permanent or temporary. If it's temporary and it lasts for a few weeks, it's not really going to be a significant issue. If on the other hand, it's permanent and you are running at a factor eight or factor nine level continuously or 200 or 300%, then potentially it could be an issue because the baseline risk of thrombosis could be higher than in another normal person. Are the number of patients treated and follow-up time for these patients sufficient to conclude the gene therapy for hemophilia is safe? You asked me about the number of patients treated with hemophilia, and this is difficult to know precisely at any one time how many have been treated. My guess is that at present, it's about two to 300 patients with severe hemophilia have received gene therapy. What's important to appreciate, however, is the vast majority of these patients are in ongoing clinical trials, and many of these clinical trials have not shown any data at all, so we do not know anything about the safety process or the safety margin in these uh, trials. We do have some limited information about clinical trials that have reported already, but it must be appreciated that we're talking about less than 100 patients. So the safety of gene therapy we have to go on, it has to be assessed with this knowledge that we only have evidence or knowledge of a very small number of patients. Furthermore, once you go and think about how many patients with gene therapy for hemophilia have now gone for more than 10 years, and that is even very much smaller. I guess about 10 to 20 patients have had gene therapy for hemophilia more than 10 years ago, but most of those were in the early days and most of them have lost the expression completely and their hemophilia was not cured. If we look at the modern era of gene therapy with the Nathwani paper in the New England Journal of Medicine from the Royal Free and St. Jude, that really ushered the new era for gene therapy for hemophilia, the first patient in that study was treated in March 2010. And as we are conducting this interview, I guess only two or three patients in that study we would have data for more than 10 years. However, it's important to mention that in the long-term data up to the 10 years, we haven't seen any unexpected events occurring. What have we been hearing from our patients with hemophilia about their perceptions of the safety of gene therapy? It is important to appreciate how do people hear about gene therapy. You hear about by meeting patients at meetings, by having some patients that have gone through it, by looking at social media. And if you look at the type of patients that are selected to speak at scientific meetings or meetings organized by companies, it's important for people to appreciate that these patients are selected. 
and they are selected in general because they have had a good outcome and a good response to the gene therapy. A company that is sponsoring a gene therapy clinical trial with the aim of marketing a product will never select a patient who has had a bad experience to speak at their symposium. So that's an important issue. Do not only speak to people that have good responses, you need to speak to people who have had a range of responses. Personally, I've spoken to many patients who felt that this was the best thing that they've ever done, but also spoken to patients, and at least one definitely I remember very well, who felt that they regretted getting involved in gene therapy in the first place. If not yet, how long should patients wait before trying gene therapy? I'm a believer in gene therapy because I believe in modern medicine and the rate of development of modern medicine. And since hemophilia is a monogenic disorder, I believe it will be amenable to gene therapy. And I believe that in the next 20 to 30 years, the majority of patients with gene therapy will opt for it and will be cured, in inverted commas, from it, i.e. they will have factor 8 or factor 9 levels that will stop them bleeding, uh, certainly spontaneously and in the vast majority of cases after injury as well. So I believe 20 to 30 year horizon gene therapy would be here. When should patients go for it? Should it go earlier? Undoubtedly, there are many individuals that are early adopters and will go for it now and will go for gene therapy in the clinical trials that are taking place now. The issue for an individual patient is efficacy, i.e., does it work? And I believe by the time the gene therapy medicines are licensed, they will be efficacious. However, patients will have to consider two important issues. If you see a clinical product and it says the average factor achieved by this product is 30%, what you need to ask is what will my factor be? Not what is the average. And what you need to know is how many patients in the studies had a level of less than 5%, because there will be some patients with less than 5 and some who may have a level of over 50. So that is the important issue. What is the level that I, as an individual, will achieve? And what is the variability in the trial? The other important issue in deciding when to go for it is the uncertainty, and is the uncertainty about safety. And in the long term, as we already discussed, we do not have data for more than 10 years of safety in patients who are still expressing. So will something happen in the long term? We do not know. As you may be aware, AAV virus that is used for gene therapy now, in theory, does not integrate. However, it does integrate to a small degree. And because there are so many cells and so many virions involved, the number of integration sites is, I believe, significant. So far, we have not seen any problems. However, we do not know what will happen in 20 or 30 years. Will 
one of these gene therapy variants go to integrate next to a gene that can increase the risk of cancer? We do not know. So far, it has not been a problem, but that is an unknown that patients will have to take into account whether they go for it now with all of those uncertain issues or wait 10, 20, or even 30 years to have a product that is possibly more certain about their long-term safety. One other issue that needs to be considered about when do you go for therapy is the fact that we currently have good alternatives. There are very good treatments for hemophilia, and it's possible these days to live an almost normal life, although we have the inconvenience of requiring treatment, but it's possible now to have an annual bleed rate, certainly less than two, and in many cases, an annual bleed rate of zero. So if you're having an annual bleed rate of zero, do you go for gene therapy now with all these uncertainties, or do you carry on with your current treatment and wait for a bit and go for the next generation of gene therapy? What you can be certain is that the gene therapies of the future will be better, I believe, than the gene therapies that we have in development now. Earn your CME credit by clicking the link for credit. Check back for more podcasts on gene therapy and hemophilia. Additional education is available on www.genetherapy.ist.org, an educational resource designed by leading experts for the global hemophilia community to help you stay abreast of the evolving science and latest clinical advancements in gene therapy and hemophilia.